Not honestly, it was just one kiss. People on this street have done far worse, trust me. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's, hole at the waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJ Kate Bayer. Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbors. We're the Neighbors Recap Podcast. We pick neighbors apart for you. Because it's the best hobby going around. Uh, we are in Melbourne's Pirate Net Studios at the spare apartment where people have affairs. I'm Vaya. I'm a freelancer who's between jobs. So I've got a lot of time for the neighbours at the minute. Kate tweets under the handle Remude and usually it's about neighbours. How you going, Kate? I'm pretty good. How are you? Great. Hot. We're all hot. It's a stinker today. It was, we we're just discussing what, the highest temperature we saw in our cars today. I saw it at 46. You saw it at... 47. Okay, boomers. That's CJ, the hot mess mum. Hello, CJ. Hello. Literal hot mess. I'm the hottest mess. <laughs> um, yeah, and also we were like on alert to like not use our air conditioning so much today so i've had it on this evening but didn't have it on all day and i worked from home so that was like actual like horror and i horror. think that yeah. caused fights in both the, both of our relationships because i was trying to get my partner to turn it up mm. I, I, I don't understand i say turn it up with the aircon, but like to raise put, the temperature raise the temp and cj's husband was making her turn it off mm. Anyway, it was just – there were some tantrums. But you guys actually got text telling you to lower your – No, I just heard, it on, the, I just heard oh, it on the radio. I, I didn't hear any of this, so I, I didn't take any notice. I heard it on the radio because I listened to the ABC. Mm. And they were very serious on the ABC about it. So I, I, I was just, like, oh, okay. I just took my two small children out to an outdoor shopping centre today, which every single shop had their doors wide, wide open and all their air conditioning leaking out of the shops. So I wouldn't worry too much, okay. guys, about your own personal usage. Some bigger footprints out there. Actually, radio reminds me, Neighbours Council Business. The business, again. I'm going to be back on Radio National's Let's Get Quizzical in a couple Are of weeks. you? Valentine's Day. Make a date, guys. Vaya Pashos. Oh, and you can say hello to that one listener. Yeah. Oh, yes. We love you. Louise. Hi, Louise. There we go. Oh, and Patreon. <gasps> going off. New patrons. Ah. Oh. Thanks to Steve and to Curtis, newest subscribers. Awesome. Thank you, guys. guys. Welcome. And I've got some bumper content coming your way. All you have to do, $2 or above, and you get access to Buddy Watch, our non-neighbours recapping podcast. And I have just recorded Frozen 1 with Rebecca Shaw, Brocklesnitch from Twitter, and Alastair Baldwin, who Alan Beck are my two workmates from Hard Quiz, and they only met this like last year and they became immediate like soulmates but all they ever do is troll each other so it's an important work relationship it's one of the most hilarious i couldn't cut any bloopers out because anytime i stopped for a blooper they would make jokes in between so i had to leave everything in halfway through the edit so that'll be up on patreon very soon and you are going to uh, record another one very soon after yes because what are we doing, Kate, tomorrow? Well, last week we said we we're going to the Astor, but no, tomorrow we are going to the Broadie Cinema to see Frozen 2 with our children and it's sing-along. Yep. yep. The Nabubs. And the Nabubs are going to co-host Buddy Watch with yep. us Which for is, as long as they last. I'm sorry it's going to make um, Hamish quite jealous because... <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going to re- record it? McDonald's. Yeah, no, we sorry. We need to no, go to one yeah. that has the Frozen Coke because we are going to Bell Street. No, no, we're going to the we'll go to the Brody one. Go Brody, the Brody one's one. got an excellent. But they just went there and they don't have. But the, the, the machine was probably just broken. It saves Slopey's machines break all the time. Oh, so CJ's jealous because um, I'm having her son, her three year old son, on the podcast before her husband. I'm not jealous, but my husband. Yeah, sorry, your husband's jealous. Mm. Hamish knows very well. <laughs> he and I have very different outlooks on the world. He's been on. Um, he's been on a Patreon episode. He, he can voice memo in any time. Yeah, and oh, and he's done that. It's just that I spent a lot of my high school years trying not to listen to Hamish. <laughs> I don't want to like rub anything into Hamish, but Phil did co-host an episode <laughs> a long time ago. I think there was physio-related content on Neighbours that week as well. He does listen every week, so hi, darling. So does Hamish. <laughs> he does, so he's oh, going to hear all of this while he, wait, while he does weightlifting. Yeah. So and if he doesn't, it's going to be a test, And actually. I'm also <laughs> very appreciative of Hamish's contributions in the Neighbours Council because he's an active participant there. Mm. Oh, and this is a complete side note, in, but I wanted to bring it up in council business. Home and away. The soap over the road is under fire. Yeah. Because, so they've had this. Um, it's been crap. 
Being well, pale imitation of our Erinsborough well, folk. It almost wasn't crap because they had this same-sex relationship. Oh. Um, Alex and Willow got together and Ladies. two gals, yeah, and the fans were excited. But then the New Zealand viewers suddenly observed that they watched this episode and they had more kisses in their episode than the Aussie oh. viewers because they were posting screenshots and the Aussies were like, we didn't get that kiss. Oh. And so now there's some... I, I appreciate this sort of fandom sleuthing. Yeah, this is controversial now because so the Aussies were up in arms. Like, where are our lesbian scenes? They're at like 7 o'clock as well. Yeah, but they, they were always shifty because they had a same-sex couple in 09. Who didn't kiss, I'm guessing. Well, yeah, and the, but the Herald Sun ran some homophobic headline about it. You know what I find weird about Home and Away was that there was like news a week or so ago that they're back from their summer break and I'm like, what? That's right. Some soaps stop for summer. Yeah, some of them keep <laughs> churning along. I actually promoted our podcast in a shop on Thursday night. <laughs> Just getting <laughs> Wait, back did you one make them one. put it on? No, I went to Cotton On up at our favourite scumbag shopping centre. My husband and I bought matching toady t-shirts. Did you actually buy those ones? Yes, we did. Grim. And I said to the <laughs> shop assistant, she's like, oh, geez, these have been really popular. And I was like, yeah, you've got to have a bit of toady love. And I said, look, I actually, I'm on a neighbour's podcast. I'm just going, oh, wow. And then so then she got the other shop assistant and said, oh, you're going to get this. And she's like, oh, yeah, I used to watch Neighbours. And then they were discussing their era of Neighbours. It turned out it was the um, Janae Timmons era, though I had to remind them that it was Trady's cousin. But, you know, that's right. Anyway, in the end, because she goes, oh, this woman's got like a Neighbours podcast. And then so I'm like shouting as I'm leaving the store, it's Neighbours. <laughs> Let's get them on a T-shirt, so like, Cotton this, on. this is our guerrilla marketing, mate. I'm trying to pick up listeners one by one. One by one. I tried to go to that bloody – I went to two Cotton-ons today and they only had the bloody toady T-shirts. I just wanted the plain black one. I get if I just get into hives because if anyone posted a picture of me when I was like 16 on a T-shirt, yeah, I it know. would not be great, great He would times. obviously it's, – it's like actually licensed to neighbours and he would have had to have given the sign-off on that image to be used. I know, but I feel bad. The model sign-off. Can you imagine He probably though? got a bit of coin for it. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. I hope he did. But you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the singer from Warrant who was whinging like a few years back saying, you know, you know I'm only ever known as the guy who's saying um, she's my cherry pie. And it's like, hang on, imagine actually being well known enough. And also I remember the behind the scenes commentary for Bring It On and they paid like many thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to use that song in that audition scene and bring it on. So he can calm down. He's making exactly. coin. But I feel like that with Toadie. It's like, hang on, you're actually iconic. Yeah, he you, is. You wouldn't have been, okay. There's he wouldn't no, have been on that bed ad. Nobody's out there putting up like old t-shirts of, um, what's his name, Jansen Spencer. What's that oh. his name? Yeah. <laughs> From He's the same a era. very successful real estate agent. I follow him on Instagram. <laughs> actually, no. Jansen Spencer. Hang on, I was thinking. No, I was, I've got my my characters. No, who did I see? Who did I see? Who did I nearly buy a test drive a car with? Was it Paul McLean? <gasps> yes. That, yeah. Oh, hang on. Who was Is it? that? Jansen Spencer? No, no. no. See, that's the thing. <laughs> oh, he played played Paul McLean. Yeah. yeah. So CJ, he's working at South Morang. Wait, Jansen. Hyundai. Spencer. Yeah. He's a real estate agent. Well, not. He's had a, he's had a sea change, and now he's, he's just sells cars. Cars to this was to houses. Yesterday. He's had a step up. He's he's had a glow up. Glow up. So this six six months ago. Oh, he's got earbuds on. Of course he does. Anyway, the bottom line is the network's party line as to why the scenes were different is it was human error, that there were two versions of these kiss scenes. Like, why did you have two versions, schmucks? Like, what are you doing? Anyway, I'll link to this article that talks about it I on abc.net.au. At work, when I've done something wrong, generally because I'm a human, <laughs> I use that excuse when I just can't talk about it anymore. So if you say to someone on the phone, look, this was human error and I don't know what else I can say. They go, okay, well, also, what else can I do? Also, the human error was someone offensive <laughs> did a different edit of the episode. Clearly. Anyway, I found that interesting. Neighbours wins this round. Over to you, home and away. Okay. Yeah, we, had, we had people having sex. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't there a human error in Neighbours Land a couple of weeks ago? I think in Ireland when, when they showed Friday's episode on Thursday. And then Friday's episode on Friday again. That's a classic human error, that one. And that was that benefited the Irish because then they were ahead of they had for the first time ever. Yeah, they were yeah. ahead of us. Okay, this week was so freaking dull. I couldn't. I'm like, we need other stuff to talk about. We've got to talk about Home and Away because this week on Neighbours was mm. a snooze fest. Anyone disagree with that statement? Um, I am so disappointed that this fight ring is back in <laughs> our lives. Like first, I I saw parts of it, but I fast forwarded almost every scene after the, maybe the first one. I like the Pauls getting involved. 
that I enjoy. But also, just Ned went to visit one of them in prison this week. Yeah. The, one, the one that I thought would be a good friend for him, Kane. I liked him. Oh. So, not um, the guy that was in Home and Away, which I still haven't Googled him and penis, but I will. I did that today and... It's a far more alarming story than I remember it being. Mm, He just freaking flashes an audience, a a stadium full of people. Oh. Like, hashtag me too, Axel Whitehead. I have to say, Axel Whitehead has become a lot grizzled, a lot more grizzled since his video hit stays. I mean, I know that it's, you know, the passing of time and that sort of thing. But Mm. yeah, like when he was in his Wang exposing era, he was a lot younger and Was he just like a streaker? No, no, he was presenting. He was presenting an award at the Arias, and thankfully it was a category that wasn't televised, but he's, he, he's just flashed his wang. He was presenting an, awards to the, an award to the Hilltop Hoods hip-hop group oh. and just got his wang out and then pretended to um, like it pleasure happen. himself with the award. And then afterwards, oh. the network's like, sorry, it was inappropriate, no comment, whatever. And it was like, but why did you do it? There's young people in the audience that just saw their first wang. And Guy Sebastian was probably there as well. <laughs> he saw his first wing. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about neighbours. We've had some great content this week in the council. Oh, yeah. Turns out the council member, Gemma, is a woodwork teacher. Because we were um, up in arms about Coil running the buddy club with his questionable carpentry. And glue. Yeah. And classroom management skills. And she says, as a woodwork teacher, I know he could have made the box with PVA. Surely the writers would know you wouldn't give kids super glue. Yeah. Or Kyle. <laughs> In a comment, Sally asked Gemma what was the worst accident that they'd had. Um, and she said, I've had a hot soldering iron fall on a kid's face and burn her. No. A kid bending down while pillar drilling and not holding the vice and it's spinning around and waking her on the forehead. And another kid holding a metal rod someone else was sawing. He slipped and the saw went through to the bone on his thumb. When I first wrote this, I was going... <gasps> After every sentence, some near misses due to behaviour, such as a boy having another boy up against a wall with a saw to his throat, a girl again holding a boy against a bench with a hot soldering iron to his throat, a kid juggling with chisels. If you're sensible, accidents shouldn't happen. Unfortunately, children aren't always sensible. Well, this is all what we have to look forward to in the buddy club era. I just want to see shitbags juggling chisels. Well, they're going to do archery next. While we're on coil, let's do it. Let's just get a bit of coil updates. He um, he found a brochure and Trey just like, well done, coil. Good research. He's going to teach the kids archery and... Cody's like, they're going to be like Katniss from The Hunger Games. And Therese didn't know that reference. And I'm like, you had teenage daughters when that movie was out. Piper would have loved that show. Exactly. She would have made Therese watch every single movie with her. Yep. I just feel there's some things that you leave to the experts and archery is one of them. Yeah. Now, Cole's going to set up an archery arena by the lake. You know what else you leave to experts? Raising children that are having problems. And Kyle's not that. <laughs> you know what you apparently don't leave to the experts? Um, resuscitation. Oh, my God. Can we, let's, let's start with the weak ceramic pig before we move on to the week at large. It's good God. It's been a while since we've had, like, a decent ceramic pig storyline. And by God, they have, like, hit a home run with this one. It's a ceramic sex doll pig. Yeah. Um, Bianca's her name. They named them at the hospital. Obviously, they are named after women. It's clearly a CPR mannequin. Yeah, it doesn't have legs, mate. It doesn't have a, doesn't have a hole. It, mm. it has like a compressy bit around the, the torso so you can do chest compressions on it. Carl borrows Erinsborough Hospital's one because obviously they're not teaching life-saving to anybody anytime soon. And he's teaching Kyle. Kyle's like, I glued that kid's hand to the thing. Like, maybe I need to brush up on my CPR before I um, spear someone to death. See, I, I did a CPR class last year for children. And um, that was really confronting doing that. Because, like, initially I was like, oh, I can't be bothered going to this. But then, <laughs> then I got there and... 20 seconds into doing chest compressions on a baby mannequin, oh. I was like, oh, shit, this is actually really serious. And, oh, my God, I'm going to put all my all into this. This baby's oh. going to live. God damn it. Oh. Um, but, yeah, that's because you've got – you have people coaching you on how to do it, telling you what to do. And I don't see how just having a mannequin at home, you actually learn how to do things properly. You wanted to practice and probably also fuck it. Yeah, I missed this episode. Which, which oh, is this, this is Fridays. This is Fridays. I actually missed. I must have tuned out in the bit where the mannequin came from, Carl. Yeah. Because I was just like, I looked at it and I go, well, it's clearly a CPR yeah. dummy. He Here borrowed it from Erinsborough. Here it is. It's on the couch. Nipples Why are covered. Why is wearing a singlet? I don't know. And it's she. She identifies she, as she. And um, that's him getting out of the shower and just carrying it yeah, around. Yeah, that's the shot of the Holding m- millennium. 
I don't think that's Kyle. a so good, he's, good way to hold it. So anyway, he's got like it's the dummy. He's got neck. the dummy yeah. pressed up against his groin, just holding it there where its face. Its face, well, its face is on. Yeah, his. and so that's what B and Millsy walked in on, and we're like, "Oh, excuse us, Cole. We're just interrupting." I don't know if they've ever like have B and um, Millsy never seen Flying High or something. Like, surely everyone's seen that movie about ten times, and well, that, that has sketch. like a blow up doll kind of appear. They tend to have round m- mouths. Yes, they've got orifices. B and Mil- to this mannequin who's just kind of going. Like that. Bee and Millsy would have the most vanilla sex imaginable. They really would. Well, I mean, they're not bringing in like amputee mannequin <laughs> sex, sex dolls in. <laughs> so the whole misunderstanding of the episode is the street now thinks Coyle's having it on with a sex doll, which it, is it plausible. Even, doesn't even have a crotch, this thing, or an open mouth. I don't know what kind of sex he's having with this thing. I mean, he's having some friction, I guess. He could do that with the couch cushion beside it. He could, yes. But maybe he feels that sad. <laughs> but they go and tell Toadie and then Toadie comes round and he they're having this double entendre conversation because Cole's like, oh, I'm just really happy focusing on me and pleasuring myself. And uh, oh. They live with Carl and Susan who are well-known pervs mm. with a, a huge <laughs> sex toy collection and, and they're worried Mil- about one man and his half-dummy. And Millsy's 19-year-old boy. Yeah. Like yeah. probably the, the most... Millsy couldn't didn't know the Hunger Games reference. He, is he meant to be a nineteen-year-old boy who's unfamiliar with internet porn? Yeah, I'm perplexed. Okay, the point is, I just They're still together. I worry for. I Coyle. know I've missed an episode, but a B and Millsy still yeah. together. Yeah, it's grim. Anyway, uh, I just we just needed to cover that off because it was alarming. Now, oh, the other quick thing I want to talk about is the Australia Day snoozer party that Harlow threw. Even oh, yeah. though, nice, nice disclaimer at the start of this party. Yeah. Oh, look, I've I've read up on it and I see why we should change the date. But oh well, we have, we've got a day off anyway. Let's have a party. However, yeah, we I will buy green and gold plates and streamers and let's invite Nate along. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't no, give tacky. Harlow. At least make someone else throw the party. Paul and Therese are already there. Just say it was their idea. Just do hashtag OK Boomer on that one. Yes. And then Harlow can be like, you know, well, it's the 27th because that's the public holiday. So at least it's not the 26th. Oh, my God. That, that, is, that was truly the saddest bitch. Yeah. We, are you calling it early, Kate? Yeah, I'm calling it early. That was the saddest bitch in Erinsboro this week. The saddest bitch in Erinsboro. Just wants to love and be loved in return. Harlow. Harlow's party where she didn't invite anyone her own age, but invited Gazcan and Sheila. And Dippy and Shane. But isn't it good that Gazcan had something to do this week? What's going on with Gazcan's loner trajectory? Uh, it's because he's going to, he and Dippy are going to have a, a fission. Really? A, emotional I would affair? Say. I would say. They're going to have an emotional He keeps trying to make people go fishing with him and no one wants to. Well, I mean, you could, you could read into that. <gasps> I just remembered something. Someone told me about him. Hang on, pause. Pause this. Ding, ding. Tickets, please. <laughs> I'm Gary and I've got tickets on myself. I'm the chef at the 82 Tram Cafe, Erinsborough, inviting you to come and have a gander. Pack in like it's peak hour. Enjoy some native tucker and pie form and uh, drink out of jars that Dr. Carl saved from his pasta sauce. Need to book a function? Throw a surprise wedding for your bride-to-be in a tram. We might even serve desserts with fresh cacao. Don't worry, we've given the joint a once-over since I trashed it. So stumble aboard and stuff your gob full of roadkill. The 82. We put the ding in dingus. Um, okay, so yeah, that was the saddest barbecue I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Roxy's been doom and gloom all week because of the Shoxy kiss. She kiss attacked Shane and then he shut it down and she's been feeling guilty ever since. Confided in Harlow and Harlow judged her about it. Now we have Thursday the 30th of January. What's just happened is that Roxy has been riddled with guilt and Dippy has been killing her with kindness mm. because Dippy saw her having a conversation with Coyle at the sad barbecue and accused Coyle of trying to harass, sexually harass her, which is fair point. And he goes, but then, then Coyle does a line, oh, yeah, look, I'm not that guy. You are half yeah. the time, Coyle. I was trying to Google him. I was trying to delve into his perfect blend history and I couldn't really find the specifics even though I know he was – he me-tooed someone. He, all was, I could, he was a creeper at the year 12 formal with Kate. Yes, and all I could find was that he was 
slut shaming girls at the high school for wearing short skirts and like and revealing dresses. And oh, stuff. What, what a peach. Co- what a quality bloke. Yeah, let's just calm down, Coyle. Glass houses. Dippy's trying to make up for having a go at him. And she goes, Roxy's sad. I'm going to take you out for a day of fun. Let's go to have a pedicure. It should be fun. I mean, theoretically, hanging out with Dippy and Roxy would be fun. Did, that did not seem fun to me. <laughs> that did not look like a fun day. No, but it was, it only, it was but only because Roxy wasn't feeling the vibe. Mm-hmm. But if they were both in party mode, they'd have a great time. So they had the pedicure and then Dippy's like, I feel we've got more to say here. Let's have dinner. And Roxy, okay, right now we haven't planned this. What are some excuses? Roxy did not want to go to dinner with the wife of the man she'd kiss attacked. And she's like, oh, no, I don't have anything else to say. Sorry, Hello and I are going to the movies. Yep, CJ. Ash Barty's playing in the tennis. I'm really into it. Yeah, I've got really bad period pain. Done. Yep. Done. So she somehow was roped into this dinner. Paired along with Roxy's guilt, she's trying to pretend it's because she's having a crisis of not knowing what her job should be. Yes. So she's saying that maybe she's going to quit the pub. She's like, I'm done with hospo. Um, and she's like totally normal. Okay, we don't, we don't have to have more conversations then. Can we talk about the poker faces of her and Puffy? Okay, we called out last week that they made the mistake of lying to Dippy about. Well, Shane made the mistake of lying to Dippy when Roxy planted this on him. Okay, you've made the decision that you're going to lie now. If you're going to make that decision, commit to the charade. Yeah, do the Costanza. It's not a lie if you believe it. Pretend everything is normal. Don't act like you just robbed a bank. He just. Never play poker, Puffy, because you're useless. And Roxy was just as bad. They, I'm like, oh, God, you guys I, I do, think, do an improv class. I have to say, it does speak to Shane's character. Like, he mustn't have ever done anything as bad as that before. Except for which, whatever. As, as opposed to every other man on that street. Except for whatever he went mm. to prison for, which I can't remember. It's probably stealing cars or something. But, like, he hasn't, <laughs> I think it was he hasn't, he hasn't cheated mm. on Dippy in any way. And he has been with her for a very, very mm. long time. Yeah, and kept her well... Serviced. Serviced and <laughs> lubricated. Um, there's no dolls in that household. No. Um, and if there is, they've got orifices. So I just was so frustrated that the two of them couldn't keep it zipped. Roxy overflows with guilt and it blurts out of her like, stop being so nice to me, I don't deserve it, I kissed your husband. Just as he's walked in, because Toadie's cottoned on, Toad mm. Marple has been watching Puffy's poker face and after about four days, Toadie's like, hang on a second. You grimace every time someone mentions Roxy. <laughs> and putting the pieces together. How did Sheila not pick up on it? Mm. There were sometimes where Sheila's face, Sheila was putting the pieces together, but they hadn't written any yeah. penny dropping for her. Mm. But she was putting the pieces together, but she had no dialogue to say that she was. And also, she was shamey to Roxy. Mm. This, after Roxy loses it and she runs home, and then Therese hugs her. Oh, that was really precious. It was precious. There was the best scene I've ever seen in Neighbours. Which? So we've got Paul at the bar. Toadie and Carl come down to talk to Shane about basically when you cheat on women, what do you do after <laughs> that? a support group. <laughs> yeah, it was a support group. It's a, it's a Sonia Rebecca support group. You should have had it down at the community centre. Oh, they should have. And Sonia would have wanted that funded. Mm-hmm. And the entry of Carl into that scene was divine because he didn't need to be there he was there picking up his takeaway at the waterhole so puffy's there drowning his sorrows toadie's supporting him pulls off to the side pulls off to the side i feel like kyle might have been there too i think there was another string but it didn't matter to me because it was all about those three um men and shane was having none of his like how many times have you cheated on susan yeah he was kyle? being he's like don't, cheater, in, don't include me in your little group of cheaters yeah the cheaters club the Actually, little cheaters club you have to own your mistake just admit that you got carried away by the attention of a young, attractive woman. And above all, you have to promise on your life to never, never let it happen again. Really, Carl? So tell me how many times you've cheated on Susan again? Oh, I wasn't really referring to Look, Roxy leant on me for support and then she got confused. Zero infidelity. So thanks, but I haven't joined your little cheaters club. People were mean to um, Carl a lot. Sheila also said, oh, you're saying this from experience in a different scene? <laughs> I loved – there's one reaction with Carl when they he came in from a shift at the hospital and they're like, the shit's hit the fan, Roxy's kissed Shane, Shane's a dirty cheater, and Carl's like, oh, hang on, hold up, hang on a minute, let's just reserve our judgment. Mm. And, you know, and they're like, Shane would never do this, he loves Dippy. And Carl's like, well, sometimes you can stray from the one that you love. And oh. like, what is wrong? It, when you think about it objectively – Pretty fucked up, isn't it, Ramsey Street? All that mm. cheating. Yeah. yeah. And that's the re- that's Teraja's reasoning to Roxy why she shouldn't 
pack up and get out of town. She says that to her. She's like, people on the street have done worse. Like, I loved that. Even, yeah. Did Sheila say something like along those lines as well? Well, Kyle eventually reminds Sheila that she also broke up a relationship recently. When are we in a situation where Kyle is the good um, moral compass? Like, how weird is this? It's very confusing since he found buddies, I guess. Um, oh, yeah. Now he helps kids. Um, it helped one kid. Yeah. Is that it? Get super goth. Like us getting listeners to the podcast, Kyle's helping kids one, literally one person at a time. Yeah. Dippy, as we predicted, flipped her goddamn lid. She was already at 11. Like, she was already too emotional. <laughs> and yeah. then that news hit and then she went postal. I just wish... If it was the real world, last week I said if I was Roxy, I'd go home and bundle my stuff up and just disappear, go back to Darwin, whatever. But I just wish Roxy had stood up and said, I tried to kiss Shane instead of I kissed him. Yeah. And then, like, it would have been like, okay. Yeah, you, you just tried yeah, and qualify. And yeah, don't just, like, drop the, you know, bury the lead there. Go, yeah. I, I tried to kiss him. He rejected me. I'm just feeling really terrible And about Puffy, it. don't mm. bust out a bit of it's not what you think. It's not like, oh, straight away he went with that. So the thing is that Dippy would have loved nothing more than to say, well, I was right about this, wasn't I, you mm. simpleton? Mm-hmm. She comes home, blurts it out to the family, then Yashvi flips her lid, mm. screams her dad down. Because, I mean, Roxy's her contemporary. Yeah. So, I mean, how disgusting would you feel if somebody who lives, who's related to your boyfriend, mm. who lives in the same house, who's probably a year or two off your age, kisses your dad. Weird. It's gross. Weird. It's gross. Actually, I honestly don't care how old a woman would be to be kissing my dad, but I'd be grossed <laughs> out by it. Yeah, you'd be grossed out by it being somebody that you could possibly be friends with. Yeah. I appreciated V's reading on the situation when she said to Puffy, he's like, she didn't mean it, she doesn't want to, she feels really bad and. V was like, um, yeah, she felt so bad she wanted to put you in the doghouse by making you be the bad guy mm. by telling mum, which was an interesting reading. Mm. Um, she heads straight on over to the Willis house and rips up Roxy a new one. I reckon I'd be out there with, like, um, hands hands flying. I, I, honestly, I'd be furious with my father as well, but I'd be over there. I'd be like, get out of my family. But she's emotionally disturbed and we haven't got to the bottom of why. They're starting to... Paul mentions it. Paul says, remember that time she tried to kiss me to yes. get back at you? And Teresa says, oh, shut up, Paul, basically. It's just different. <laughs> it's different. But we're getting little seeds. I, I want to see Adam Willis back. I want to find out why she's so mm. fucked up. She was a complete mess this week. She could not hold it together for one sentence. I, I, so I'm sorry. I was a bit angry with her. She made Shane not tell. She didn't make him. Okay. Well, he you, made his bed there. But He, uh, he did the he, wrong thing. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and he did say to her... I wouldn't have told her in such a humiliating manner. Yes. And then she basically held Shane at ransom all week by teetering on losing it. Because his wife kept trying to have massages with her. (laughs) Which is awful, but I just think she is an adult. I know that They're all adults in this scenario. They are all adults. But yeah, I just I think as Kate said, she was humiliating. I was more frustrated with Dippy. Just be an adult and Talk to your husband and mend your relationship. No, no, she runs over to take refuge at the cannery. Um, mm, she does. And Lona Gazcan, who just wants friends, is no help in the situation. He's just like, oh, don't make her stay here, then it'll be weird. Yeah, well, he's obviously got feelings for her, I think. Well, he just- It is so fucking weird that Dippy is now staying at the cannery. This is A-grade bonkers. It's weird. Bizarre. And Sheila's calling her one of my best friends. It's like, by proximity. Yeah, yeah. You're just there and she's not Susan, basically. There's there's no one else. Yeah. Because she she doesn't really like Susan. She doesn't like Susan and Carl because they're, you know, they think they're too good for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all it is. Gary's not asking Carl to go fishing with him. No. They've got, like, this weird, like, questionable history between Dippy and Gazcan. Why is Coyle not living back in the cannery? And then He's there would, all the time. That would free up a room in the, the Tanaka share house or the Branaka. It's, uh, they've just got the generations wrong at the minute, I think. Yeah, they need a glue. They well, don't have a glue. They need to go, hang on, Gazcan's what, 15, 25 years older than Dippy. Find someone around his age for him to hang out with. Let Dippy hang out with people her own age There's on no the street. There's no one her own age. But when Amy was here, Amy legitimately would hang out with Sheila because she was either her grandmother or mother-in-law. Or housemate. Or housemate. And Dippy and Amy had a similar enough age 
to hang out. So if they were hanging out and Sheila would be there, it makes sense, right? It's like if there's teenagers, they hang out together also, and then they don't know what to do with the rest of the age groups. Amy mm. was also a saddest bitch as well. So that's why, you know, like, but Dippy's not a sad bitch. No. She wants to make this way because... Well, I just thought she was in... I think she took the drama too far and now she's like, oh, shit, I live at the canning. She's a... I don't know if the UK has this term, but she's a, she was a sook this week. Mm. Just a massive sook. Dippy. Dippy. I'm like, don't throw your toys out of the cot. Go home and talk to your husband and figure it out. Also, if you're going to send someone away, if someone has to go. Yeah, imagine if he had had a full-blown affair. That's the reaction she's giving. Yeah, yeah, she is giving the same reaction. But he's saying, she kissed me, I'm sorry I lied. And she's like, Yeah, but I wouldn't believe him at this stage. I honestly wouldn't believe him. If he's lied about that, he's probably lying about the extent to what actually happened. Because then, like, who knows? Another week later, oh, yeah, well, we kissed once and then we kissed again and oh yeah actually I was banging her behind the bar or like Carl Kennedy who 20 years later was like actually we went we made it all the way to exactly. home base exactly that's probably what's going to happen in 20 years time <laughs> there's going to oh. be you know Roxy will leave very quickly and suddenly we've got a whole new generation of Rebecca's on the street oh there'll be twins like Leo mm. and um yeah David there'll be twins one of them's short like Roxy one of them's tall like Shane <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, guys, I've been doing some quick Googling about um, Ian Williams who played Adam Willis because I'm like, that man's got to come back and answer some questions about why Roxy is the way she is <laughs> and, and what more perfect year than the 35th anniversary of mm-hmm. Neighbours. Um, he hasn't acted since 2003, which actually, right. yeah, I reckon there's, there's people returned who, like Ma Naka, who hadn't actually acted since 1985. Mm-hmm. So getting Clive back. Clive came back without, well, there was many years in between. Oh, but I think he's done a lot of, he's treaded the boards. Oh, yeah, he has, yeah. but he hasn't been on Neighbours. Yeah, come back, mate. What are these daddy issues about? Oh, there's, look, there'll be a job at the hospital for him. Also, Dippy, it's very strange where she's like, I'm, I'm moving into Sheila's house. No, yeah, just moving. Go, go to Sydney and visit your other daughter mm. and son. Or just say, I'm going to stay at Sheila's tonight. I can't look at you. Oh, yeah. I'm moving into Yashvi's room. Yeah. Sorry, we're bunking in together. I'm moving into Kersh's old bed. Kersh's bed would still be there. And I did like V's solution. She's like, just make him sleep on the couch. I'm like, yeah. good, good option. Hendrix style. <laughs> Make him sleep on the Kennedy's cheetah couch. Oh, why not? It's available now because mm. um, Hendrix has gone into a room. Toadie at some point mentions to Yashvi and Shane, my kids are sleeping. Could you Yeah. Wow. Not do this? It's good they acknowledged it. It is good. <laughs> they had been yelling for 10 minutes before he said that. Too. Like my I kids know. would have woken up before that point. Yeah. Mine probably wouldn't have, but still. I was just like, at some point, Toadie needs to be like, look. You and your drama family Get need out. to go my, and find my, another house. Particularly poor little Nelly would still be so fragile emotionally. Yeah, she and doesn't have, need yelling. She's woken up with another mother figure having moved out of her life. And she's just discovered it cauliflower is. pizza. It's a dark week for Nelly. Oh, has she? I didn't know about that. I'm sorry, Nelly. <laughs> it's not, no way a child should have to live. Although my son's had it and he loved it. Okay, can I talk about my one of my highlights for this week? Yes. Roxy brings her resignation round to Sheila. She does. She says, here is my letter of resignation. Coil, you quitting? <laughs> What's this? My resignation. You quitting? Yeah. <laughs> what a sharp tool that mm. lad is. KB and I enjoyed that one. He, Sheila takes the letter and then Coil, again, the voice of reason this week, says to her, his nan, like, what are you doing? This is your business. Like, you'd never put this personal shit in the way of that. She's mm. like, oh. Good point, randomly, since grandson. Yeah. Run, when, did, when did you get a clue? Yeah. Yeah. Runs back out into the street, hands the letter back to Roxy, which was really lovely, and she's like, take some leave and I'll see you when, next week when you're ready and I won't roster you on with Shane. Done. Very well handled. I mean, it's going to be annoying for the roster when those other kids call in sick. Yeah. What are their names? Tom yeah? and Laura. Yeah, yeah. they're going to call in sick all the time. <laughs> Sheila's going to be pulling the beers every damn yeah. night. Okay, I... We'll touch briefly on the paint-by-numbers gang storyline. Oh, really? Oh, what's in the box? That's what we want to know. What's in the box? Where was the box? Because I'm fast-forwarding all of this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I sent you a screen cap today. It was terrifying. She fast-forwarded everything. Wanted nothing to do with it. Like, I didn't want anything to do with this months ago. Why is it back? They they had a flashback to the scene of the fight club Mm. where the the raid happened and there's just guys in the background just stashing massive boxes. There's two men helping each other carry a very big carton and as they're going past in this flashback footage they actually go past the um work safe poster which starred friend of the pod frank mcgree who was the one of the previous gang members the not the xantux that was the d gang the, yeah. the, oh, the guy not, who held who um had the siege in the cafe yeah, yeah, yeah i'm trying to remember his name his daughter's name was bunny um they were the renshaws the yes renshaws. yes i loved how he appeared 
in his other role as the work cover dude. It's very in, in the other gangsters den. It's very meta because there's just gangs everywhere in Aaronsboro. But remember, I've spoken about the, the venue for the Fight Club before. It's the um, loading dock. Mm. It's also been used in the Neighbours versus Time Travel as the Rebekini storage facility. So I reckon what's in the boxes? I reckon it's just box upon box of bikinis. Well, that's Chris in the Neighbours Council agrees with you because Isabel posed the question, what's in the box? And they're massive boxes and her guess is it's definitely washing machines, which fills me with a lot of joy if it's white goods in those boxes. Hey, where did crazy discounter appliance sellers get their products yeah, from? Where are they? How are they slashing those prices so heavily? I mean, this just says something for the state of the storyline if the entire council conversation has become about boxes in the background. Hang on. And what happened back... Remember when Paige was about to get married to Detmec and yeah. she had to clear a whole heap of boxes from somewhere? Yeah. And that On same, the behest of a that gangster. That was the D'Amato's gang. Yes. That was the same uh, thing. Hang on. Two weeks in a row we've mentioned D'Amato. Yeah. Hinges yeah. on Tyler having witnessed... Tyler and Paige witnessing shonky behaviour. And also, remember um, Gaz Canton hurt his back moving boxes I think in that same place <laughs> didn't he that's right he was doing dodgy solar work panels too. was it yeah the development that that Paul and Amy had going what was that place they got something pines Robinson's Robinson pines um, Charlotte suggests people which is really dark oh, oh human trafficking mm. yeah yeah oh, um, that's that's terrifying my favorite suggestion is Kaziah who says other smaller boxes <laughs> It's like a Babush- Russian doll. Babushka boxes. Ends up with a matchbox right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's like, maybe it's Carl and Susan's storage for the rest of their sex toys. Yeah, because all their toys can't fit into the tiny box. I mean, blue I know box. they weren't blue boxes, but still, maybe the contents were blue. Overflow. Yeah, don't care, but apparently Ned witnessed this, and so now Zenon, the Axel Whitehead gang member of the week, they're threatening him and threatening Yashvi, poor Yashvi, who's just trying to pass police academy tests. <laughs> Sorry, Police Academy does makes me think of Police yeah, Academy. Totally, yeah, totally, totally. The poor thing, and he gave her some tattooing needle to take as a good luck charm to her police exam, which I feel like is going to come back to bite her. Imagine if, like, in there when she goes into the exam, they're like, all right, well, you have to, like, obviously. Imagine if they have to go through, like, a metal detector and they're, they're like, vroot, vroot, beep, 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 beep. Can you empty your pockets? Hang on, what the hell is this? If you brought a weapon into your exam, <laughs> have you got a needle? Like, no, are you taking no. drugs? I did really love that Ned's confiding in Paul because they're housemates, oh, Ned was, and Paul. That was the best where he's just like, oh, mate, how am I going to get myself out of this pickle? And he's like, well, in all my extensive experience in dealing with gangsters, you've actually just got to go for them head on. Paul seemed to really enjoy it too. Oh, he's like, he's oh. so excited. It's like when, my, when we'd visit my dad who loves talking politics and I don't and my partner used to work for a current affairs panel show, my dad would just ask him random political news stories of the week and he'd be so happy to have someone to talk to. This is Paul's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Fucking one of my housemates has. This is my skill set. Yeah. He's going to fix it all, I'm sure of it. So he wouldn't go to Dr. Carl with that question. Um, then Ned does a visit to the prison, Warren a prison, and he does. KB said, he's in beard prison. <laughs> all the inmates had beards. Yeah. Which, to be honest, is the bleak environment that we live in in Melbourne. All of the men have beards. Yeah. He's just at a cafe in Brunswick. Mm. Anyway, he. Whatever. I reckon it was solar panels. <laughs> Um, they were stolen or something, though. Yes, that rings a bell. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, they were stolen from Amy's worksite. Yeah. Mm. That's right. It's probably copper. Yeah, they're just lifting big bo- mm. things of copper that they've stolen from. You know. He just left over. Nobody even went and picked them up after he did his back. Did you, Kate, understand Ned's little plan here? His big scheme about he's stealing some document from Toadies and wrote up his insurance paperwork or whatever. I felt like he was just stealing something to write a template letter and saying it was from Jared or Becky. Yeah, he stole letterhead. Did said, you really need to do that? I don't even understand this. While Toadie was distracted by the SponCon peanut butter jar that was on the bench. That was so weird. That was really, really weirdly obvious. And, and a line of dialogue just went, oh, peanut butter. And Toadie got up to open a jar of smooth sanitarium brand peanut butter, mm. which is weird because that's not your, your average choice of peanut butter, is no. it? And Kate revealed to me that they're owned by... Wholly owned by the Seventh-day Adventist Church. The freaking and hell. as such, they do not pay company tax. Shit. And they also are responsible oh my God, for... Oh, my God, that or bigger? I, bigger. Everyone has bigger because no. they, they pay taxes. Uh, no, I have but the Aldi brand. Sanitarium also owns 
Weetabix. So they do not pay any company tax. That's insane. Because they're owned by a religious group. Well, anyway, now there you go. Anyway. Um, SponCon by the Seventh Day Adventists. So Tony was distracted by his bloody PB. Okay, so what's your Vastradamus on the peanut butter? What's going to happen? The poison well, peanut I butter? I thought maybe Hugo's going to develop anaphylaxis, but. <gasps> oh, that's a bit late now, to be honest. I reckon that he would have already been exposed to peanut butter a fair bit. Though it does get worse. Unless apparently. he just never liked it. Imagine the shit he would have been exposed to in utero. Oh, yeah. All of those sandboy chips. Okay. <laughs> the whole time Ned's trying to fob off this gang, I'm just like, can you just get Harlow involved or something? Because I don't trust anything you're doing, mate. Could you imagine if Harlow did that? She would be excellent at getting rid of the gang- gangsters. Yeah, she, got rid- she got rid of a bloody cult. She'd go, oh, just talk to my murderer dad and we'll come up with something for you, mate. Or she'll invite them to one of her lame parties. <laughs> And they'll never come round yeah. again. That's everything outstanding from the week, except for Kate. One more thing you wanted to bring up that I was avoiding because oh, well, it was boring. Yeah, because I mean, we discussed it extensively last week, which was um, so Chloe said, Yes, you can have the embryo. Then, like five minutes later, she goes, Nah, nah, you can't have it. Yeah. I want to have a baby now. P- Pierce and Lisa's embryo on ice. Which I actually thought sucked a fair bit. Okay, one, okay, so you want to have a baby, but you know what? Why not just let her have it? She can have one. You can ha- also have a baby. Yeah, babies for everybody. She, Lisa managed to raise <clears throat> the other two kids with no input from Pierce. I think she'd be quite happy to do it again a third time around. I don't know how well. I mean, I mean they're alive. Yeah, and one of them's a great actor. And she could still go back up and live in Sydney. Like, what's that kid's name? Ho Ho. Ho Ho comes over like once a year to visit Carl. Oh, yeah. That's all, let's see all the input. And But then there was like a whole series of like she kind of kept bumping into the Brenakas. And then finally she came over for a family dinner at Pierce and Chloe's and got introduced to them for real as Chloe's brother. Right. And then she's saying, well, look, I guess I'm just going to have to find a sperm donor, which was weird because, like, she was saying the problem at the start was that she didn't have enough eggs. So, yeah. But then they're like... Yeah, oh, so the embryo, yeah. that's what yeah. you want, the yeah. frozen embryo. And right. an egg donor. So she's... It's all weird because then they're like, oh, well, yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, the, the Brunacas light up like, hello, we have plenty of sperm. Oh, we've got twice the amount. But our, no our, eggs. Our, cu- our cups are overfilling. They are. But also they want a baby that they can parent. But Aaron said something really weird when she was talking about using an anonymous sperm donor. He goes... Why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? That felt like a misuse. It's, well, the idiom is usually used to refer to men who don't want to get married when they can get all the benefits of marriage, i.e. banging, without getting married. Or just people in general. Like, it was, it was used in that Drew Barrymore movie. Mm. Um, what was that movie? Well, it's, it's just an old-timey thing. Yeah. Never been kissed. I oh, am. Yeah. It was a good movie. Yeah. But I just... I, don't actually see how it works in this situation. I, think I was genuinely look, puzzled. I just put it down to Aaron being a bit dim and just trying to say a funny thing to keep the conversation not being awkward. But it would, it would have got more awkward at that point for me. I would have been just like, what? I, I Plus, don't understand. The flip side of it is that he never got the milk, but he's got the cow at his house, Ali. Yes. And her baby. Do you know what disturbs me is that <laughs> why... Actually, his, that situation applies to that idiot in there, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Do you know what disturbs me, though, is that why can't we have a woman just not want to have a child, mm. which is what Chloe's position was. She says, it's never been on my radar. I'm now ill. I don't want to bring a child into the world and then have to say goodbye to it. But also, isn't it like she can definitely not have a baby, right? That's what I thought. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure what they would do is just... Um, they'd do genetic testing on embryos. They'd have to do IVF. Okay. And yeah. they've got it's the like money any for sort it. of genetic disease that yeah. you can screen for in IVF. So they would only choose the embryos that didn't have the Huntington's gene. I mean, I don't – any of us could go at any time. And yes. so we don't know – you know, like it's yeah. unfair to say Chloe can't. Look, hey. Anyone can die. Lasseter's right? c- could collapse on anybody. In and their at any point. And exactly. probably will. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. But it bothers me that – why can't we just have a young woman who's made the choice and we support her choice? Like she said, it wasn't my thing. I've never seen myself as a parent. I agree. Why do women have to have this one role of mother? I actually kind of would have enjoyed them three parenting the child. I liked that. I think it's just shitty that they denied Lisa the access to the embryos when she desperately wanted to do it. Now... Maybe five years ago, maybe ten because I'm ageing rapidly. Um, Eva Longoria and her husband broke up and they had frozen embryos. Yes. And he sued her to try and get those embryos. What a freak. So I think there is actually – yeah, it is a bit weird. Um, But I think actually somebody does own them. 
and I think it's the person who pays the bill for the freezing, which Ooh. I'm tipping is Lisa. Right. No, I'm pretty sure they're actually – in order for them to be used, it has to be signed off by both genetic participants okay. unless right. it's like an anonymous donor, but if he was like they've tw- signed away their rights. But anyway. if he was like 20 years old, would he have, he would have signed those rights away, wouldn't he? Probably. It's interesting. See, that's the thing. She's a smart woman and obviously a savvy businesswoman. She should have set up this contract better in the yep. first place. Australia's got some really strict rules on um, reproductive technologies mm. and – yeah, I don't know. I think it's a tricky situation. But I think because they are known donors, they would both mm. own them and they both have to sign off the okay. Look, I just feel for Lisa. I think it's a really shitty thing of Pierce that he, he was actually open to doing it as well. I think it's shitty of Chloe as well to draw the line because if she wants to go and have kids, she may or may not be able to have kids. She is a yeah. lot younger. She's a good 15 years younger and than Lisa. Pierce was happy to hand them all over previously and he's happy to hand this one over. Just let Lisa have it and then have your own yeah. other one. I don't wish to make light of this very serious situation. But I feel like Chloe has been in a lot of menage a trois. Because <laughs> mm. why not? Who wouldn't want to? Yeah, yeah. And so after they give her the fake news that they're going to have the baby with Lisa, Lisa goes straight for the hug with Pierce and doesn't <gasps> hug Chloe. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what put her back up, wasn't it? it? Yeah. She felt left out then. Now, that's got to be the first time that when there was a menage a trois, that Chloe was the first ignored party. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like she should have, Lisa should have put a bit more kind of business savvy into that and like brought them into a group hug. Group hug. Bring it in, mm, guys. Bring it hug. in. Let's, let's try parent this. One mm. family. I feel like she should have gone to Pierce and said, look, I really want to use this. We can tell the child it was an anonymous donor. Great. Yeah. You look like Hendrix because we've got the same mum. Yeah. yeah. And I'm the hot one. All right. <laughs> shall we do citizen or citizen? Yes. I want to go with Chloe. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking then. Chloe, that's like a clear shit act. I'm, oh, she's got every right to change her mind. She does. I think that perhaps telling Lisa too early is actually mm. the annoying and part. And weirdly, Ellie was the voice of reason going, um, I just spoke to you an hour ago and you didn't want to have this baby. And now it's an hour later and you do. The fuck? <laughs> we do know this about Ellie, though, because she has become what she is considering very knowledgeable now. She's, as a mother. Oh, she's yeah. the worst. Yeah. As Hypocrite. a mother. As a busy single mom. Yeah. As a, as a busy, yeah. She's all like, you know, these things, you have to, like, consider them. And it's like, lady, you got fucking knocked up by a one-night stand. Yeah, check your priv. Whilst married to someone else. Ugh, the worst. Not the worst, though, this week. The worst is Chloe. She's my shitizen. Yeah. I'm going to say shitizen dippy. Just... Just let's tone down the drama just a little bit. There are people with real problems. Well, so your daughter's trying to get into the police force. Like, let her focus on that. Yeah. Spoiler alert, she'll get hit. Yeah. Come on. Because it's the best idea they've ever had. Yeah, it's it wonderful. Is. Oh, but there's going to be the, the detecting of <laughs> V. Det, det v. Maybe she'll break the mould. She'll no. be a competent detective. Everybody we've known on that street who's become a cop has become the worst. Mm. I'm going to have faith. I have to have faith, otherwise Maybe she can nothing. do some mechanicing at the same time or we can get we can get debt met back. <laughs> Love it. Um, well, shall we do also do a quick January podcast recommendations? Because I have one, courtesy of the council, who suggested this to me and I've devoured nearly every episode. And it's called You're Wrong About. Ooh. And it's two journos and they take big issues from history, like the... Clinton Lewinsky scandal or the Tonya Harding scandal or the Challenger space disaster, they recap it with more of the facts front and centre rather than the urban myths. And I've realised as well that the key to me being in the mood for a good podcast is the host personality chemistry. That's really true. And it's funny because this week I was going to say I don't have a podcast recommendation because it's been school holidays and I haven't been listening to as many different ones. And I was going to recommend a Netflix recommendation instead which I will do after this. But it's funny you talk about rapport between hosts because I actually got onto this podcast through some children's band that I follow called the Teeny Tiny Stevies. <laughs> and they recommended this podcast because it's actually two mums from the eastern suburbs in Melbourne who have 13-year-old twins. So there's two sets of twins. And both sets of twins have um, disabilities because they arrived early. It's called Two T-O-O, P's in a podcast. And these women Cute. have... Mm. 
they're mums. They just they've known each other for years. They've just got like this really great rapport together, and they've just been discussing all their experiences, like from having premature babies to life in the special care nursery. And look, I think it probably helps to be a parent to listen to this. But they are two fabulous women. Yeah, I recommend them. And I must say, um, at the disability organisation I work, they're very popular there. I went and saw Maggie Dent present about a year ago and she was probably one of my favourite parenting presenters. And so there is an ABC podcast called Parental as Anything, Great. which she hosts. Interesting topic this week was, is your child ready for school? Which is kids are going back to mm. school, unless you're Nally. Apparently it doesn't happen there. It's actually, it's pertinent for the, the nabobs as well, oh, because they're all born just before the school age cutoff. I just like her point of view. Like one of Maggie Dent's um, ways of parenting is to pile up all of your gut energy. And the minute you, ha- if you have a boy, minute he gets in the car from daycare or school, let out some farts that'll really break the silence. Gosh, that's neat. I was going to say, that's, that's yeah. the one thing I've heard from her. The boys appreciate a bit of toilet humour. It really is true. <laughs> um, can I give you my Netflix recommendations? Oh, yes, go. Look, I rarely watch stuff on Netflix because it's mainly just actually there is a kid's entertainment device for me. Mm. But it's called Catwalk. Tales from the Cat Show Circuit. God, good gravy. Uh, can I just show you this picture? And it's a cat judge judging this massive cloud of a cat saying, I have goosebumps. 32 years of judging and this is one of the finest cats I've ever judged. <laughs> this big orange cloud of a Persian cat. Oh, my God. It's Crookshanks. I love that. So you need to get tw- in there. It's you- an hour 15. Get it, Get this into your life. You need to tweet that out. That's There's a lot yeah. of people I would need to forward that to. Bam. So if, if you've seen Best in Show, this oh. is just kind of like a real life version of a cat version of that. No, but I did want to add my Netflix. This is everyone should already have seen this, but whatever. Cheer. Cheers, amazing. Oh, I get, that keeps popping up on oh, my recommendations. It's so good. I it want to talk on, to people about it. popped up straight after this yes. as well. So Chia is a docuseries about a, a small town cheerleading squad that are multi-champions. It's edge of your seat stuff. Just the sounds of bodies breaking. Thumping is, into things. Yeah, you'll never get it out of your head. It's amazing. Oh. It's amazing. And there's some amazing characters in it. Please watch us so we can talk about it. I haven't watched anything on Netflix. That's fine. I'm trying to watch The, watch the Crown. I know I should watch it. And I know I will watch it eventually. It's a lot to get through. I'm, I'm not up to date. I could have been the right mood for The Crown. Mm. The Crown's not a summer viewing experience for me. Mm. I feel like the real life Crown is providing us some <laughs> nice drama at the moment. Yeah, it is. That's why I'm watching it. Yeah. Megxit's happened. Brexit's just kicked off. So Godspeed, our UK friends. Um, Everyone's exiting. Yeah, come here if you want. We're around. It's, well, a, bit, it's a bit too hot here. <laughs> we yeah. don't accept but people. We'll have burgers with you. Yeah, I mean, we do. <laughs> yeah, we do as a yeah. trio. Mm. Thank you so much for listening. We are neighbourspod.com. Kate? I'm at Remude on Twitter. CJ? At CJ the Hot Mess Mum. At Vase on Instagram. And Neighbours Council on Facebook. And don't forget to rate or review us on Apple Podcasts. Come on, guys. Help make our the end of our summer. And uh, keep an hot eye on... Hot Girl Summer. We're Hot Girl Summer. <laughs> keep an eye on Patreon for the new Buddy Watch episodes coming your way. And we'll speak to you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.